Our lives are speaking in big ways and small. And it's often in the small ways that we overlook the humble voice that is disguised as our life. We often want to sign a profound message from beyond. And sometimes we do have these incredible, miraculous moments that leave us breathless. But other times the signs are hidden in the ordinary. The tension in our jaw and the tightening of our muscles. The quickening pace in conversation when we're filled with excitement and the quiet yes in our gut when we're on the right path. The pressure in our chest when we're out of alignment. Breath, digestion, sleep, moods, the relentless thoughts and well of feelings. Our lives are often speaking to us in the glorious ordinary. I can't claim to be a master at this. You should know I am exactly one of those people who often wants a profound message from beyond. So much so that I will make the ordinary extraordinary because anything less just feels boring. But if life is one great conversation, it can't all be exclamation marks. We need the periods. We need the pause. We need the rest. There's margin intentionally on the pages of the story of our life that give breath so that the words of our life can speak. Welcome to Bones and Stardust, a podcast on what it means to be a human being fully alive. I'm your host, Angie Von Slaughter. Welcome to season three of Bones and Stardust. If you've stayed the course with me this long, I am so grateful that you're listening in. It's my desire to create new and engaging episodes, but as you know, I have some health issues that dampen that from time to time, Uh, and I also have a lot of irons in the fire these days. So it's a new year, and I'm so excited to tell you what I've been working on. Last year, I signed a publishing contract with Choir Publishing, and I've always wanted to write a book literally for years. I've dreamt of writing a book, but I didn't know exactly where to start. So I'm really happy to announce that I have more than started. I'm working on a book currently titled The Odds of Becoming. The fact that you are here is a miracle, and I feel like I want to shout this from the rooftops every single time I meet a person. I am excited to help you fall in love with the gift that is your life. I imagine the book will be coming out sometime early in 2025, but I'll keep you posted on that. I also have a lot of new episodes coming up and I can't wait to share these. Some upcoming guests are New York Times bestselling author, speaker, spiritual teacher, and all kinds of things in between, Rob Bell, children of God's sex cult survivor, author, and cult scholar, Daniela Mestayanik young Guys, this conversation blew my mind. She is a powerhouse of information. And acoustic indie folk band from Australia, Amistad. If you haven't heard of them, run, go check them out now. Amistad is an incredible duo that just makes music from the heart. So I'm thrilled to share these episodes and more with you all. 
And last but not least, I'm offering Enneagram coaching, spiritual direction, and soul coaching. If you're looking for clarity, a regained sense of purpose, or maybe you're going through a faith shift or you want to deepen your spiritual practice, I would love to work with you. If you want to learn more about the services I offer, you can visit angievon.com for more details. And please reach out, contact me for a free consultation. I'm committed to helping seekers, misfits, and mystics alike find their true north. In addition to all of my creative projects, which is a mouthful, my wife and I are also planning to move. Again, we're moving to northern Colorado. As you can tell from all these announcements of this new season, there is a lot going on. To be honest, this is kind of my MO. I like to have my hands in a lot of projects. I like to do a lot of things. But since my health issues a few years ago, I've realized that I truly have to pace myself. And if I'm honest, I probably always needed to pace myself, but I just didn't. I would throw myself 110% into my work, projects, life, and ignore my body's signals. And then I would wonder why I was sick or burnt out. I mean, it was kind of a recipe for burnout. I think that I historically have had a nervous system that was used to stress. It felt normal, exhilarating even. Maybe you can relate. We live in a world that praises hustle culture, and I used to be one of those as well. When people would ask me what I was doing, I'm so busy as if that was a badge of honor. But the non-doing is just as vital as the doing. And I kept thinking about this as the new year arrived and we stepped into 2024. Many people shared their resolutions, goals, visions, plans, something I used to do every year. And they can be really beautiful practices. But internally, if I'm honest, I was thinking, uh, but it's still winter. Even nature isn't ready to produce yet. She's still quietly resting. So why are we in such a hurry? It's okay to slow down and it's okay to take time to truly rest, even if the rest of the world has moved on. This episode is about listening to your own rhythms and the rebellious act of rest. Historically, the beginning of a year is symbolic, a fresh start, new energy. A time when we set goals, envision the life we want, set resolutions, change habits, and integrate new ones. It's interesting to witness the energy surrounding the new year is all typically one of self-improvement. It often paints a picture that we aren't worthy as we are. Maybe you'll be better if you drop a few pounds. Maybe you'll be better if you have a bigger bank account or work harder, create more. There's a difference though between having a vision, purpose, hope, and dreams for your life and then feeling like you constantly need to strive, achieve, or improve. One is out of a place of abundance, the other scarcity. And if I'm honest, I vacillate between the two, the joy of doing and the creeping need to earn value. But we are worthy as we are, and it's okay to slow down. As I'm recording this, my part of the world is still in hibernation. Well, not exactly here in Phoenix. It's literally nearly 80 degrees and it felt like spring today, but you get the idea. Most of the Western hemisphere is in winter. Nature's rhythms are still sinking in slowly to the earth, nestling in, staying warm, doing what it can to rest and store up nutrients for the upcoming spring. Things are quiet and still. This is a season of great Sabbath, a time for rest. 
Ironically, winter ends up being one of the busiest times of the year with holiday events, travel, family gatherings, shopping, cooking, doing a constant whir of energy. The metronome of life ramps up with one click at a time, leaving me feeling stressed out, depleted, and out of sync. This is why I never survived corporate America, because within me, there's a different rhythm, a rhythm that bucks against a system that wants to work around the clock, and also a system that wants to sit around tables in a cold and sterile boardroom and discuss fiscal forecasting for the year. Yuck, ew, not my jam. We need those kinds of people for those kinds of things. Thank you if you're one of them. I'm just not one of those people. We need the planners, we need the strategists, the forecasters, but we also need the dreamers, the visionaries, and the artists, the mystics, and the ones that remind us that we are more than what we do. I've wrestled with that so much, feeling torn between constant productivity and to live from the rhythm of my heart. See, the rhythm of nature is productive when balanced with rest. Everything in its right place, everything producing when it's time. This reminds me of all the spiritual teachings I've ever heard of the Jewish Sabbath and letting the land lie fallow. What the hell does fallow mean anyway? I often wondered that as a kid since it's not a word that we use in our modern culture. It basically means uncultivated, inactive, dormant, quiet, slow. I like the word dormant here because it still signifies that there's life waiting to bloom, but it's in restful sleep. The Sabbath, from the Hebrew word Shavat, meaning to rest. In ancient times, it was common to practice crop rotation, and at least one year of the rotation, the land would lie fallow. Basically, it rested. After six years of toiling the land, the seventh year would be a year of rest. Can you imagine taking an entire year off? That sounds amazing. Sign me up. Crop rotation was super important because it gave nutrients to the soil, and this was through the use of manure and grains, which replenished the nitrogen in the soil. Now, the nitrogen is crucial. It's a key component in plant cells and organic matter because without the nitrogen, plants cannot grow taller nor produce enough food. So without rest, you cannot have nitrogen. Without nitrogen, you're stunted. In other words, without rest, growth is stunted. Without rest, we cannot produce. Modern farming has abandoned this ancient practice and instead turned to, like most things, artificial fertilizers, which provides these nutrients at a much faster rate. This is why you can get watermelon out of season and tomatoes year-round, but it also results in an overuse of the soil that leads to its depletion. So again, without rest, we are depleted. I once read that abandoned farmland needs up to 50 years of rest to reach its restoration. Dear God, Mother Earth, please forgive us for what we've done to your land. That is the first thing I thought when I read that statistic. 50 years of rest. That is a lot of time spent in recovery, but yet recovery is possible and depletion is avoidable. I now know from a bodily experience what happens when you do not let the metaphorical land lie fallow. When you push yourself past the breaking point and cultivate more than you're capable and you face burnout. But I also know what slow recovery feels like and recovery is possible. It looks like honoring the rhythms of your body, even when it feels like the entire world is dancing to a different tempo. It looks like knowing when to stop, even when it feels like the entire world is spinning endlessly. It looks like rest with intentionality. Rest with no other goal other than to just be. 
In Western culture, we don't know how to do that very well. And I'll be honest, I don't know how to do that very well. We tend to feel guilty or lazy, often asking, did I do enough? Am I valuable enough? But what is enough? And by whose measurements and standards? Who gets to judge our value? We are worthy simply because we are. You are worthy simply because you are. So when value and commodity is woven into the very backbone of our society, how does one reclaim the wild rebelliousness of rest? Because that's exactly what rest has become, an act of rebellion, a refusal to take part in a life that is unsustainable, a refusal to be used up and burnt out, a refusal to ignore our own sacred rhythms. I think it's more than creating a moment of rest, but rather a sustainable life, which is often found in the spaces in between. Rest can look like a long vacation or a sabbatical for some. This form of rest is not only enjoyable, but it's necessary. But this kind of rest ends up being almost like a triage of sorts to a life that is hurried if we're going to just jump right back into the same frenetic rhythm. Instead, implementing rest should be a way of life. This is why I'm deeply drawn to mindfulness and contemplative practices. They force me to slow down and be deeply in touch with the present moment. No doing, no striving, just being. I once read that the last remaining sacred spaces for reflection and alone time are in the shower or the commute to work. And for many, the commute to work is no longer a sacred space because let's be honest, it's either filled with the chatter of kids, the radio and phone calls, or it's just been replaced with remote work altogether, which just leaves the shower. That's it. That's all the quiet time you get. Most of my songs that I've written were actually written in the shower, and now I completely understand why, because it's the one quiet place where I was forced to just be present. What would happen if we created spaces like that in our lives intentionally? We woke up earlier, wrote in a journal, made time for prayer or meditation, took a walk and enjoyed nature, created a space for thought, for reflection, feeling, and creativity on purpose. In art, we call the space around the main subject of an image the negative space. Negative space is used as a neutral space to draw attention to the main subject. It emphasizes the main subject. If you were to fill up all of the negative space in an image, it would probably feel chaotic and overstimulated, similar to maybe a Where's Waldo book. There would be so much going on. In Japanese culture, there's a word for negative space, which is ma which can be translated into space or pause. It's a place of pause or rest. We need those negative spaces in our lives to give us rest. Ma is an interval which gives shape to the whole. It's not the busyness that gives us purpose. It's the solitude, the rebellious act of rest. If you're feeling out of sorts, if you're longing for depth, if you're seeking a more sustainable rhythm, embrace the ma. Enjoy the Sabbath. Create negative space. Listen to your body. Find your own rhythm. I cannot stress this enough. Find your own rhythm. Embrace the wild rebelliousness of rest. In the words of the ancient Roman poet Ovid, take rest. A field that has rested gives bountiful crops. In this new year, you can reclaim rest. 
In this new year, you can find purpose in non-doing. In this new year, no one gets to tell you how to pace your life but you. And so, may you become a rebel to a system that pushes you to produce more. May you resist instead of persist, and instead listen to the softness of your body. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am always grateful that you're listening, and I hope these words find you well. Coming up, the next episode is titled The Reinvention of Rob Bell. Join me for a conversation with Rob on his latest book and what it looks like to pivot in life and follow your joy. As always, if you like the show, please subscribe, rate, review, share it with your friends, share it with your parents, whatever you got to do to get the word out. I appreciate it. Until next time, my friend, may you live life fully alive.